So today we're going to go back to session 78, Law of One, received February 19, 1982. This is a very big session, uh, 38 exchanges, and it'll take us a while to get through. And we're midway through a discussion of uh, cosmogenesis, the creation of seven-dimensional octaves by Logoi, or creative Logoses, uh, that modified the galactic Logos original um, structuring or metaphysical you know, uh, arrangement of light itself, because it's light, intelligent energy, that uh, differentiates into the seven rays. They are, the seven rays come out of light, or intelligent energy, or light, love, love, light. And that light is structured in certain ways so that the seven-dimensional system of any octave has certain unique properties. Oh, certainly there's karma or causality, um, action-reaction in the way light uh, interacts with itself, whether it's the light of a body or the light of mind, meaning light, meaning intelligent energy. So it's all very complex. And then there is the um, imposition of um, a further modification of that light in third density so that there's something we call a veil in the mind in space-time or physical manifestation of beings, human beings in third density in solar systems or octaves made by Logoi that came later, after uh, some original Big Bang or some earlier time when there wasn't a veil. And how did that come to be, the, the veiling? And then how does that relate to the tarot, which uh, we're, gonna, we're just easing our way into here. So we start with 7819 and go as far as we can. Don asked kind of summarizing what had been discussed before. Uh, so the original, the first evolution, then was planned by the Logos, but the first distortion, meaning law of free will, was not extended to the product, meaning the seven-dimensional system. At some point, this first distortion, law of free will, was extended, and the first service-to-self polarity emerged. Is this correct? And if so, could you tell me the history of this process and emergence? So pretty big questions. And again, the idea is that the law of his view is that the law of free will, first distortion, was not engaged or extended um, in those earlier uh, octaves of seven-dimensional evolution. Now, in my view, there was free will, but it wasn't to the extent of availing. So I have a different of opinion there. But Ra will answer. Ra says, as proem, which is sort of like prologue, as proem, let me state that the Logoi always conceived of themselves as offering free will to the sublogoi in their care. The sublogoi, this is solar logos, the sublogoi uh, had freedom to experience and experiment with consciousness, the experiences of the body, and the illumination of the spirit. That having been said, we shall speak to the point of your query. The first logos, now we're talking we're talking galactic logos and sublogos is solar logos. The first logos to instill what you now see as free will, in the full sense, in its sublogoi, 
came to this creation due to contemplation in depth of the concepts or possibilities of conceptualizations of what we have called the significators. The Logos posited the possibility of the mind, the body, and the spirit as being complex. In order for the significator to be what it is not, it then must be granted the free will of the creator. This set in motion a quite lengthy in your terms, series of logoi's improving or distilling the seed thought. The key was the significator becoming a complex. So, um, Ra supports the view that the galactic logoi or from a, a cosmo, a cosmological or cosmogenetic sequence perspective, there is free will in operation before the veiling of mind in 3D physical, of course. The galactic logoi conceived of themselves as offering free will to the sublogoi. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, the, this. <laughs> I'm not going to do half an hour on one question here because it could be done. So everything that I'm saying is, is introductory and superficial. But uh, Ra didn't say the Logoi gave free will to the sublogoi, galactic to the solar, right? So it's the solar Logos, which we can say is embodied or manifest by a physical sun. It's, uh, it's not that... Ra didn't say the galactic Logos, out of which suns come, gave free will to the sublogoi. He says they conceived of themselves as offering free will to the sublogoi. And so the point is that the light is a conception. There's a concept of finity from intelligent finity realized the discern the concept of finity. That gave birth ultimately to the concept of light or light and that gave birth to the illusion of limits, which is established by the concept of light, or light, or seven-dimensionality. So the point is that the, the creative process is uh, conceptual. It's a thought manifestation. It's thought manifesting uh, form. Thought manifesting energy and then form. Physical or, or any dimensional level form. So we're talking about a conceptual process. <laughs> not a, not a, um, the physical manifest, physicality is conceptual. That's the point. And of course, people can become psychotic because of that type of view. And like, it's all in your mind. Well, at some level, that's true. It is all in mind. But whose mind and, and what's the nature of the mind? So that's why Ra uses the term always conceived of themselves because it is a conceptual cosmology or cosmogenesis is conceptual um, and even the physical manifestation that we work with um, has an illusory nature because its true nature is, is, a, is a thought manifestation so the word becoming flesh um, the flesh is ultimately a veil uh, to the one that spoke the word likewise uh, we experience free will, uh, but uh, the source of free will is, is our true identity. And that's the purpose of having free will, is to basically offer a catalyst to a more uh, robust seeking of source and return to um, 
you know, our true nature. So anyway, it's very, all of this is very high metaphysics. So the Logoi conceived of themselves, or we could say did offer free will to sub-Logoi. They did have freedom to experience and experiment with consciousness. And so here now we see um, mind, body, spirit, right? The sub-Logoi solar did have freedom. Yeah, the law of free will is in operation. It wasn't not yet extended. It was extended from uh, galactic to solar logos and solar logos to the entirety of their creation, although uh, previously unveiled. So the sublogoi have freedom to what? In terms of mind, experience and experiment with consciousness. So consciousness and mind are, are synonymous, more or less. Then, experiences of body, and then illumination of spirit. And that's what spirit's all about, is, is on or off. The light is on or the line is off. And when uh, each moment of awakening is a light-on experience that results in a brighter um, mind, body, spirit, atmosphere, or a greater default level of illumination of, of the whole being. But uh, spiritual awakening is very much an on-off matter. The light's on, the light's off, and the more it gets flipped on, um, the less it can be flipped off. Uh, flipped off in terms of light off. So the more there's an, the more there are awakening experiences of light on, um, the decreasing experience of light off uh, shall be had. So then, uh, yes, um, the the first logos to instill what you now see as free will, which is really referring to his perspective on it. Um, in the full sense or in a fuller sense or for beings evolving up through the densities. Um, and the way that the solar logoi came to that idea of, well, let's uh, make this sort of veiling in mind complex in 3D physical, uh, was by contemplating deeply concepts or possibilities of conceptualization. So, raw, you know, you see it's all conceptual here, right? We're talking about mind fashioning. This is all samskaric. Cosmogenesis is samskaric, meaning fashioning of, of mind content, like in the Buddhist five skandhas. So the, the, there's this contemplation deeply of concepts and the possibilities of concepts of significators. And the significator is, is the fifth position in the, seven, in, the f in the series of seven for each of the cycles of mind-body-spirit. So cards 5, 12, 19, I think, uh, if I'm correct, or 5, yeah, yeah, so, you know, I make mistakes, so maybe it's 5, nine, five 12, 19. Uh, these, this is basically the idea that the, um, the essential nature of the, of the threefold octave self being mind-body-spirit or a body form um, that uh, is a vehicle for dimensional experience, the vehicle, a housing. Then there's mind or consciousness sentience. Then there's spirit, which is in many ways the access between mind-body and um, the greater. That triadic you know, template um, went from being simple to being complex or being non-complex to becoming complex, which is Ross saying the, the key 
to the veiling was the significator or the essential heart um, nature of the three complexes, mind, body, spirit, beca- or three, you know, uh, the three aspects of the self becoming complex. And that uh, set in motion a long series of distillation and improvement and modification. But uh, in order for the significator to be what it is not, and that's another, you know, I mean, <laughs> it is not a good idea to do 20 minutes on one question, but uh, the, 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 the mind and body and spirit becoming complex becomes what it is not, or what they are not. And so our experience of mind and body spirit is illusory. That's why it's called illusory, because it's complex, which is appearing to be what it is not. And that's like the, the creator discerning the concept of finity. It's, it's not became aware of finity. It's became aware of the concept or the idea, possibility of finity. Likewise, uh, we as a beingness that can experience body, mind, spirit, whatever they are, for is ever, you know, real illusory, functionally real, but uh, essentially illusory, uh, are experiencing um, it, the complexity or, or multivariate nature of our experience of body and mind and spirit uh, is basically um, living in an illusion is an experience of, of illusion. It doesn't mean it's unreal, but it's not essentially eternal or real. It's apparently real, but essentially empty, that kind of thing. And if, if that doesn't make total sense, it's fine, because these things are known deeply by illumination, not by conceptualization. The nature of conceptualization is not known by conceptualization. <laughs> it's known by illumination. So it goes on and on and on. Sorry, this is too far beyond. 78.20 Then our particular Logos is, when it created this, its own particular creation, meaning sub-Logos, was at some point far down the evolutionary spiral of the experiment with the, with the significator becoming what it was not, or in effect, creating the polarity that we strive for in third density, and therefore was, I'm assuming, primarily considered, primarily concerned in the design of the archetypes, in designing them in such a way so as they would create the acceleration of this polarization, uh, is this in any way correct? So, as everybody should know, Don sometimes is struggling to formulate questions, uh, to do it on the fly with new information that cannot be understood at first pass quickly, is a very difficult task. So sometimes the questions are garbled or convoluted and take us the wrong way and also take us in a helpful way. And Rod does uh, their best to kind of put it back on track. So the basic question is, uh, this logo, solar, far down or in uh, after the passage of time in terms of uh, the evolution of the galaxy, making uh, the significators of mind-body-spirit complex in the experience of 3D physical, uh, becoming what they were not, it doesn't create polarity, but it creates the possibility that polarity will ensue, I would say, 
and their concern that led to the the archetypes. And so it is it is a very important point that Don sort of touches on, perhaps unconsciously here or, or indirectly or directly maybe, that our experience of the, the, the reality of the two paths in the soul in, in the octave, uh, positive service to other, negative service to self, um, that wasn't established before the veiling in mind in 3D physical. And the very design of the archetypes themselves reveal the um, the plan for veiling that leads to polarity. Now, the tarot was not used by black magicians in training also. It was offered to adepts on the positive path in training. And but it but it is a it is an important teaching for those of us on the positive path um, to be more familiar with how we depolarize and how others go on to the negative path um, by the very uh, symbolic um, the meaning the, the gestalts of meaning of each card as it relates to polarity each card or many cards at least show the polarized use of the properties of that uh, level, you know, that our particular archetype or concept complex. It's the, the, there are seven concept complexes of the three cycles of my body spirit shown in, a, in their polarity or their, their form, their polarized form or their form that offers the choice of polarity. So that is true, and it is subtle. This is why people don't go into the fourth volume. 7820 Raw answers, we would only comment briefly, it is generally correct, meaning um, the, the design of the archetypes uh, it help create acceleration of polarization, or uh, it, it's, the archetypes are basically a training aid to say that they accelerate polarization is true, uh, but it's not done by you know, it's partially done by the logos and partially by um, the way the training aid is used. Anyway, Ross said it's generally correct. You may fruitfully view each logos and its design, meaning seven-dimensional system, light structuring design, as the creator experiencing itself. The seed concept of the significator becoming complex introduces two things. Firstly, the creator against creator in one sub-logos in what you may call dynamic tension. Secondly, the concept of free will, once having been made fuller by its extension into the sublogoi known as mind-body-spirit complexes, creates and recreates and continues to create as a function of its very nature. So this is why people don't go into the fourth volume. <laughs> I stayed out of it for a long time because it's uh, super abstract, high-level metaphysics, metaphysical principles principles of principles, basically. The principles behind <laughs> the structuring of principles. So, each logos, meaning solar and galactic, but particularly solar, makes the tweaking uh, of intelligent energy to establish, you know, metaphysical parameters for the octave. That is the creator, which is the level up, right? Creator is Heavenly Father, and logos is... Um, the Soter, the, the Savior, uh, 
for whom Yeshua was the Word made flesh, in some sense, to the extent that Yeshua was a representative of the Logos. That's the Word, Logos, made flesh. Um, but above the Logos is the Heavenly Father, and they're not the same. And that's Ra saying the Creator, not the Logos, they're different. So each within the frame of a Logos, or seven-dimensional octave, and its design, we see the Creator experiencing itself. Of course, there's only one of us here. But then we have the, the complexification or complication of the significator of my body-spirit. That then introduces two things. First is, instead of just Creator experiencing itself, we've got Creator against Creator in one sublogos, meaning in one octave or any octave or any seven-dimensional system, in dynamic tension, meaning conflict, oppositionalism. And that's, you know, planet Earth is a special, is a uh, showcase planet for dynamic tension between creator and creator. So if you'd like to observe it, uh, like to observe the uh, a full flowering of the dynamic tension of creator against creator in one sublogos, come to planet Earth and come now. Please, the curtain is closing. Secondly, the concept of free will. Um, once having been made fuller by its extension into the sublogoi, so you see, having been made fuller is saying, yes, indeed, uh, the, the logos gave the sublogos or conceived of themselves as giving or offering sublogos free will. The law of free will is prior to the light, okay? So you don't get light of galactic Big Bang or a galactic Logos until you have the action of free will upon love. So obviously the law of free will was in play. It just wasn't yet made fuller by a certain extension into sublogoi, which is really sub-sublogoi, known as my body spirit complexes. And so uh, the Bible and, and uh, the Abrahamic traditions have some sense, the Hebrew gets some sense of this, that there is something very special about a human being in that uh, the human being has God's free will. And you can say that the, the, the fall in Eden, or biting the apple, and um, uh, tasting from the tree of good and evil, and the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, is the veiling of the sublogoi of the making the complex, making the significator complex, but extending or bringing, you know, um, free will, the concept of free will, right? Not reality. Free will is a concept. <laughs> Light is a concept. Finity is a concept. That's, you see, that's, that's how you know that Ra is head and shoulders above every other channeling, frankly. Even the, the meticulous, meticulousness of, of repeating that free will is a concept. Free will is not a thing. It's a concept. All that we're experiencing is conceptual. That's why it's called illusory. That's called maya. So even there, uh, Ra doesn't drop the the def you know the the conditioned expression, understanding, or definition of free will as a concept. The concept of free will existed before light. That's the action of free will on on love goes to light. Then, but it was made fuller by what? By an extension into the really the sub sub logos or logoi that we call a self or a person or a human or a boy or a girl with gender identity. <laughs> what a what a degradation of human spirit to be focused on gender identity. Frankly, 
how about your true being? <laughs> Where's where do you find freedom? So anyway, the sub sub logoi, uh, also known as mind body spirit complex, having had significators become complex, um, has a, a greater share of God's free will or the heavenly Father's free will or the Creator's infinite free will than it had before the veiling, and so you've got this funny thing where with veiling comes a, a fuller um, empowerment of free will. And and that's probably why it was done, actually. And with the fuller empowerment of free will came um, a greater motivation and motive power for seeking and polarizing and moving along the path of evolution that was lacking in the pre-veiled creations or in third density human states in octaves without the veil and 3D physical in mind, there was less um, motivation to seek and less experience of free will and less um, sense of empowerment even to the being. Yet they were unveiled <laughs> or they weren't in the same uh, confusion that we see uh, showcased on planet Earth. So that's a very, very interesting thing. Anyway, um, it goes on and on and on, and so creating and recreating and continuing to create as a function of its nature, uh, the question is, uh, does it ever pull together, does the entity get their shit together and, and uh, move along the path of polarity to get out of 3D? And uh, Orion's working against it, and humanity... Um, seems to regularly be self-sabotaging. So uh, we do see a lot of dynamic tension. But uh, anyway, there are many points for contemplation. 7821, Don says, You stated previously that the choice, card 22, that is made in this density, third density, is the axis upon which the creation turns. Could you expand on your reason for making that statement? Ross said, This is a statement of the nature of creation as we speak to you. So, what was your reason for making the statement? We're ma the reason was that, we can assume, I'm assuming, the reason was that that statement is a statement of the nature of creation. Oh, okay. Why do you speak? Because um, it is so. Why do you say that? Because it is so. Um, why is it so? It is so. Why so? Ra's really saying that um, for the individual soul, for sure, the course of billions of years of their future depends on which way they go in third density, positive or negative. Now, the other thing, though, is that there is orientation at the base of beingness, and so the choice that's made is not made wholly by the conscious mind, nor even by the consequences of one's actions, like Crowley. Right, Mr. A. Crowley. Ross said, positive at the base of his beingness, obviously went hard left during the lifetime, now is on the astral plane, supposedly not doing too well, understandably. Uh, because positive at the base of the beingness, uh, what happens if you go hard left? I think you get some trouble. So the choice that he consciously made seemed to be um, you know, in opposition to the choice or the, the, the nature of his higher self 
which had already made the choice, which had already made a choice, which he needed to, as a conscious being in 3D physical, accord with and didn't. And so the choice with capital capital T and C um, is not wholly the choice of the conscious mind that... um, that we're making during an incarnation or during a series of incarnations or even by the consequences of our actions incarnations uh, this the choice that a soul makes in 3d to get out uh, which way positive or negative is uh, co- collaborative with higher self and its um, path and its nature Don says I did not understand that could you say that in a different way Ra said, as you have noted, the creation of which your Logos is a part is a protean entity which grows and learns upon a macrocosmic scale. The Logos is not a part of time. All that is learned from experience in an octave is, therefore, the harvest of that Logos and is further the nature of that Logos. The original Logoses, or let's say Logoic experience, was, viewed in space-time, small. Its experience now, more. Therefore we say, as we now speak to you at this space-time, the nature of creation is as we have described. This does not deny the process by which this nature has been achieved, but merely ratifies the product. So how did we get into all this philosophy in session 78? I don't know. It it seems that we've we've dropped to a lower level um, or deeper level of discourse here. So uh, the choice of polarity in 3D, post-veiling, being the axis upon which creation turns. What does it mean? It's a statement of the nature of creation. How so? Ra explains uh, the overall or total creation of all octaves and all galaxies, of which our logos, meaning solar, um, is a part, is ever-changing, growing, learning, changing. Uh, and so one logos may have multiple solar systems, obviously and therefore multiple groups in, you know, across multiple dimensions, evolving, um, that it's um, overseeing. It's not a part of time. Eighth density is not a part of time. Um, Time-space is not totally divorced from time, but it's a little bit outside of time, or at least from our experience of time, because time itself is a concept too. Then... In terms of octaves, all this learned from experience in an octave of a seven-dimensional system uh, becomes the harvest of the Logos that created that octave. And it's also the nature of the Logos. So one's harvest becomes one's nature. What one has distilled and learned becomes one's nature. But it's always changing. So true nature is not fixed and static. True nature is always evolving. That's another interesting point. Unity is uh, reality, but it's also always evolving. The nature of um, that uh, which appears differentiated in unity or unified field, uh, that's also changing always too. 
so the nature of the unity, although it's still a unity, the nature of the unity ever changes. And so what is the growing and learning, um, which is protean or ever-changing, the growing and learning and development and changing becomes the harvest of a being or a logos, and that harvest or its its transformations become the nature or are, are the nature of the being, whether it's a biomod spirit complex or logos. So in terms of space-time, not in time-space, but in terms of time-space-time, the Logoi without veil originally didn't have much experience. Their experience was small. It's pretty big for us, but it's small to them. Therefore, but now, with the veil that, that runs throughout galaxies, not you know throughout solar systems of many galaxies, the nature of creation is as we've described. It's the axis upon which creation turns. And so um, polarity is the main event in creation today. It's not denying, then Ra goes, it doesn't deny the process by which the nature has been achieved, meaning uh, from small to great, or from no choice to choice, or from simplicity to complication, but ratifies the product, meaning, um, yes, indeed, (laughs) um, the current state of uh, the, the countless galaxies, not just one, not just Milky Way, the current state of countless galaxies and stars and octaves, or at least this octave that we are experiencing, manifest in countless galaxies and stars and planets and groups and beings, uh, is all now along the way of polarity. And that's why I think they called it the axis upon around which uh, creation spins. Polarity is the main game now, even though it's a concept. 7823, Don says, the after third density, in our experience, social memory complexes are polarized positively and negatively. Is the interaction between social memory complexes of opposite polarity equivalent, but on a magnified scale, to the interaction between mind-body-spirit complexes of opposite polarity, meaning um, positive-negatively-oriented humans interacting? Is this how experience is gained in the, as a function of polarity, of polarity difference at the fourth and fifth densities, or I said no. So, forget it all. Uh, he's trying to get clear here about polarity and orientations, interaction. He says, what is the function? What? This is a hard question just to ask, but why? What is the function? Or the? What is the? The value experientially of the formation of positive and negative social memory complexes of the separation of the polarities at that point, meaning into fourth density, rather than the allowing of the mixing for the mixing of mind-body-spirit complexes of opposite polarity at higher densities. So he's asking, why is there a separation between the two paths that are started in 3D physical, going on fourth, fifth, sixth density, along uh, parallel but segregated lines of evolution, positive and negative, why um, is there not mixing of mind-body-spirit complexes or social memory complexes of opposite polarity at higher densities? So it's pretty deep. We jump, we're way down into the depths of um, cosmological philosophy here. Ross said, the purpose of polarity is to develop the potential to do work. 
This is the great characteristic of those, shall we say, experiments which have evolved since the concept of the choice was appreciated. Work is done far more efficiently and with greater purity, intensity, and variety by the voluntary searching of mind-body-spirit complexes for the lessons of third and fourth densities. The action of fifth density is, viewed in space-time, the same with or without polarity. However, viewed in time-space, the experiences of wisdom, fifth density, are greatly enlarged and deepened again, due again to the voluntary nature of polarized mind-body-spirit mind action. <laughs> okay, so uh, why is there polarity? Because it develops the potential to do work. Why is there a creation? Because it's a place which, which the creator can know itself. Why does the creator want to know itself? Um, I think just as another uh, aspect of the manifestation uh, of infinity, of infinite potential. If you have infinite potential, then everything that you can do, you'd probably like to experience. Why do? If one has infinite potential and infinite power, one uh, probably would wish to um, fully manifest infinite potential. And that's infinite potential to do, to be, to know. So that... Uh, what the, what what infinite what infinity seeks to know or the infinite range of its possible knowing is the infinite range of its doing and being so infinite to to gain infinite to, to know itself to know its infinity it needs to do infinitely and be infinitely so it can know itself infinitely or in its infinite potentials manifest so thus is a creation. And then, within that, um, the original desire is that entities seek and become one. Well, the, the, the exploration of finity, or the infinite potential of the, of the creator manifesting finity, ends up manifesting beings, or um, distinct finite beingness. So distinct finite beingness are called beings. And beings do what? Ross said the original desires that entities seek or beings and beings seek and become one. That's called doing work. And to help improve the original you know, the fulfillment of the original desire, entities seeking seeking and becoming one, uh, has uh, been added uh, the veiling in 3D physical, which is the establishment of polarity or the two paths. So the purpose of polarity coming out of the veiling um, is to develop the potential to do work or to catalyze work or, you know, catalyze the manifestation or the expression of its potential for doing work. And that's, again, Ross said, you know, associated with experiments that have evolved since the concept of the choice was appreciated. So it's you, you see, even the languaging here is very, very subtle. The choice is not real. It's a concept, or it's a real concept. We experience it in mind, right? I mean, we experience body in mind. What is your body, what is body experience, but an experience of mind considering, conceiving as it, it as embodiment? 
embodiment, uh, you know, all experience is mental conceptual, of course. And so uh, it's all in your mind, and some crazy folks say. But that's true, in a sense, actually. Um, totality is, is conceptual. So then you have not a choice, but a concept of a choice. And then it's not that it was established, but it was appreciated. <laughs> and so uh, it's not that you have to make um, a healthy sense of self, but appreciate the self that is, which leads to a healthy sense of self. So the very, the, there's, it's very carefully chosen, the language, and it's not chosen, it's just an expression of Ra's um, great development, actually, that the language is so subtle in, in its, um, its formulation. Work is done far more efficiently and with greater purity, intensity, and variety, meaning motivation, by voluntary searching of mind-body-spirit complexes, right? That's the difference. Not mind-body-spirits, but mind-body-spirit complexes <clears throat> for, third, for lessons of third and fourth density. And so that then we have a little secret here that this uh, concept of choice or the veiling, it's really a concept of veiling. This experience of veiling whose nature is a, a concept, um, leading beings or catalyzing beings, stimulating beings to do work far more efficiently, meaning the efficient use of catalyst or a catalyst that leads to um, a, a you know further seeking, really, um, greater purity, intensity, variety, by the voluntary searching, meaning nobody's forcing it, it's by their own free will, uh, searching for lessons of third, fourth density, we're talking about evolution in third and fourth density only. So the veiling, uh, which establishes the two paths of polarity, is primarily useful for the heart of the octave. The heart of the octave is three, four. We have one, two on the bottom end, and then we have five, six, seven on the top end. Seventh density is uh, in the lap of the logos, so it doesn't really matter. And second density, or first density, is really pre-conscious. So in the in the riddle the middle zone of the, the, the realm of manas, two, three, four, five, six, I would say, or two, three, four, five, the heart of it, three, four, is uh, basically given an adrenaline shot uh, of motivation, metaphysical adrenaline, by the uh, establishing of veil in three D mind and in three D physical. That, estab that veiling of mind uh, is like an, a metaphysical adrenaline <laughs> to um, catalyze the use of catalyst, to catalyze seeking and development now along paths of polarity or now experienced in a polarized way because of the veil, right? The only reason um, we can imagine... Uh, the value of love to others because we can imagine the, 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 the nature of unloving. And so uh, before there was a veil and there was no sense of self and other, there was only self and other self known clearly before the veil. In that case, I mean, I'm talking about not just thinking, oh, oh, uh, you know, yim lakesh, I am another you. Oh, ho, ho. Not like that. More like you are me, and I am you, and we are one, and I know it. And it's obvious. Like, your finger. You don't say your finger is some other guy. Your finger is the finger on your body, which is still you, 
the you of your body. You, your body identity, your identity, including this body, includes this finger. It's not some other person's finger. It's your finger. Likewise, before the veil, the sense of self and other self was known, I'd say that clearly. The we are one uh, was known as clearly as knowing that it's your hand and your fingers and not anyone else's. Uh, and from that, there simply didn't arise the distortions that, that are associated with the negative path. But in terms of fifth density, so this, this whole experiment in veiling and polarity, although it does go through fifth to sixth, in fifth density things are different. Um, Ross saying in space-time, meaning in the space-time experience of 5D, uh, things are the same with or without polarity. That's strange. So uh, a magician is a magician whether they're white or black. Or the, um, the development of mind and wisdom that is associated with fifth density and fifth chakra is non-polarity, is, is non-polarized. It's, it's uh, apolarization, apolarized, meaning it's just outside the realm of polarity. And that's a whole other story. But Ross said about studying negativity is um, the, the negative use of wisdom. So there's the negative use of wisdom, positive use of wisdom. But it's not, uh, wisdom itself is not of, of polarized nature. And so that's why I think Ross said the action of fifth density is the same with or without polarity. Um, it's a certain development of the highest development or completion of mind complex work. Um, but in time space, now, after the veil or with the veil, Ra saying the experiences of wisdom, <laughs> meaning the work of uh, evolution of intensity, is greatly enlarged and deepened due to voluntary nature of polarized mind, body, spirit action. They didn't say complex, but so we could get totally lost in the details here. But um, polarity particularly affects third and fourth density evolution. 7825. Then you, then you are saying, as a result of the polarization in consciousness that has occurred later in the galactic evolution, that the experiences are much more, shall I say, much more, shall I say, profound or deeper along the two paths. Does, do these experience, are these experiences independent of the other path, or must there be action across the potentiated difference between the positive and negative polarity, or is it possible to have this experience simply because of the single polarity? This is difficult to ask. It definitely is difficult difficult to understand. <clears throat> uh, we're talking about results of polarization of consciousness, or two paths. This is what occurred or has come now later in galactic evolution. Yes, we can say, I say that the experience of a Logos um, is deeper and more profound because there is this experience of two paths. And, and then he's really asking about the nature of experience or evolution on each path. To what extent uh, does it depend on interaction or action across potentiated difference or space between entities or the nature of groups or whatever on the two paths. Ross said, we would agree, meaning it's difficult to ask, 
We shall attempt to pluck the gist of your query from the surrounding verbiage. The Ra goes on. The fourth and fifth densities are quite independent, the positive polarity functioning with no need of negative, and vice versa. It is to be noted that in attempting to sway third density mind-body-spirit complexes, in choosing polarity, there evolves a good bit of interaction between the two polarities. In sixth density, the density of unity, the positive and negative paths must needs take in each other, for all now must be seen as love-light and light-love. This is not difficult for the positive polarity, which sends love and light to all other selves, it is difficult enough for service to self-polarize entities that, at some point, the negative polarity is abandoned. So it leads to an abandoned house. Now, and uh, no one will live there. <laughs> Sorry. So, in terms of 4D positive, uh, fourth and fifth density life, groups that are positive and negatively oriented in fourth and fifth density, they are independent. They don't need each other. They stay away from each other in fourth and fifth density. They just they can evolve without them. There's no need. Nobody's buying what the other is selling. Then, in third density, however, there is a good bit of interaction between groups of the two polarities. That's what we're talking about. Groups from groups of the two polarities have much interaction, obviously, in their work in third density, trying to uh, sway or influence. Um, 3D entities. Then, in 6th density, which is about unity, um, the two paths must needs take in each other, must or need to take in each other, or need to unify, or do unify. And Meaning entities on the paths must unify their understanding of path and life into unity. And so all must be seen as love, light, light, love meaning um, all is one. Whether it, whether it's going right or going left, it's um, light in motion, which is love, light, light, love, which is life, the one life, or uh, the activity of light is life, and all manifestation of all form, nama rupa, name and form, mind and body, or awareness and uh, embodiment and beingness and time and space, all of that uh, is one life. That understanding of unity is not difficult for those on positive polarity because we send love light to all other selves. May all beings be well and happy. But for the negative entities, it's difficult enough so that they abandon the negative path. It comes to a hard end and it's over. It may be, what, 6.1, 6.2, or 5.7, I don't know. But it's over. And then they jump to the positive. They jump to the positive path before they go to higher self, actually. Uh, then a couple of more here <clears throat> before we end for the day, and we'll need another week on this. Uh, 78.26, the choice of polarity being the unique circumstance, shall I say, these questions are really daunting. Don says, the choice of polarity being the unique circumstance, shall I say, for the archetypical basis uh, for the evolution of consciousness in our particular experience, indicates to me that we have arrived through a long process of knowing itself, that is, the creator knowing itself, 
We've arrived at a position of present or maximal maximum efficiency for the design of a process of experience. That design for maximum efficiency is in the roots of consciousness and is the archetypical mind and is the product of everything that has gone before. There are unquestionably relatively pure archetypical concepts for the seven concepts, means the nodal points of mind, body, and spirit. I feel that the language that we have for these is somewhat inadequate. However, we will continue to attempt to understand, and that is a poor word also, the foundation for this. And I'm hoping that I have laid the foundation with some degree of accuracy in attempting to set a background for the development of the archetypes of our logos. Have I left anything? Have I left out anything, or made any errors, or could you make any comments on my attempt to lay a background for the construction that our logos used for the archetypes? Ross said, "Your queries are thoughtful." Following on says, "Are they accurate, or have I made a mistake?" Ross said, "There are no mistakes." And then <laughs> Don is bright enough to realize that when Ross says there are no mistakes, that doesn't mean you didn't make a mistake. It means, from a perspective of the law of one nothing could be mistaken. And so 7828 says, let me put it this way, have I laid, have I made missteps in my analysis of what has led to the construction of the archetypes that we experience? I don't know if he made any missteps, but his mind seems quite rigid to me. Have I made missteps in my analysis of what has led to the construction of the archetypes that we experience? Uh, he's basically, you see, the thing is that he, he has a very brilliant insight that <clears throat> the, the formulation or the fashioning of these 21 nodal points, seven of mind, body, spirit, that that's the basis of the veil or polarity, that's the basis of the veiling in 3D experience. Or the nature of the veil is the 21 cards, the 21 archetypes or concept complexes. That constitutes um, either uh, the veil or the way the veil is worked with by achieving adequate polarity to get out of 3D, but that the veiling of mind, <clears throat> which is simply the establishing of, of a kind of curtain in consciousness or sentience between what's called conscious and what's called unconscious. And conscious is called the five sense perceptions, touch, taste, smell, sight, hearing, and then the thought sense, the six senses, right? Five body, one mind. The six senses equal conscious mind. Plus what? Memory, which is just a function of, you know, other functions of the sixth sense of mind. The mind, the, the mind sense, the sense of I know I am thinking, or I think I am thinking as I think and I say, whatever that is. That, that, those six senses and then the, the, the limited development of, of the sixth sense of the mind sense, which is, you know, the, 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 the functions of cognition, right? Memory, imagination, logic, analysis, dot, 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 image forming, narrative, dot, 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 all of that. <clears throat> all of these uh, functions of mind um, and the five body perceptual contact points, right? Like the chin, the mouth, the nose, the eyes, the ears. Um, that's the conscious mind. And everything else is relegated to the subconscious or unconscious or veiled or curtained or not available without effort. That structure um, is deeply associated with the 21 cards or the 21 archetypes. That's the point. And that's a brilliant understanding, actually. 
uh, his phrasing seems very rigid to me, but but it's basically so that um, he's saying the archetypical basis for the evolution of consciousness in our experience, meaning in our octave, came from the long process of the creator or the logoi knowing themselves. I, obviously, we can't say that this is a maximum efficiency for the design of a process of experience. I don't know how we would ever get to that, but maximum today <laughs> compared to yesterday, but not compared to tomorrow. But every, I mean, everybody is the most evolved they've ever been today. No one, there is no regression because there's ever changing, but there can certainly be depolarization and fragmentation and dysfunction. So, but but the logoi are ever learning. And if we're clear on our path, we're ever learning, slow or fast, more or less. Um, and so you could say that's maximum efficiency or maximal development at any one time. Uh, and he's saying that the, this design for maximum efficiency is in the roots of consciousness, meaning the deep mind, and the archetypical mind, which is the deep personal mind and, and racial even. Uh, and he's also indeed a product of everything that's gone before. And um, the linkage between the 21 arcana cards, major arcana, 21, 22 cards, or 21 plus 1, um, and the veiling of 3D consciousness, 3D embodied, 3D space-time consciousness, there is a very close linkage, yes. And the, the polarized nature of uh, the iconography and what's, what we see on many of the cards talking about two paths... Um, shows us some of the mechanics of the veil also. So, and this will get clearer as we go on. Have I made any missteps in my analysis of what led to the construction of the archetypes that we experienced? 7828, Ross said, We may share with you the observation that judgment is no part of interaction between mind-body-spirit complexes. We have attempted to answer each query as fully as your language and the extent of your previous information allow we may suggest that if, in perusing the present material, you have further queries, refining any concept, these queries may be asked, and again, we shall attempt to we shall attempt adequate rejoinders. <clears throat> and that'll be it for today, which um, gave us about not not even ten questions, but. Uh, while Ra says that you haven't made any mistakes, <laughs> Ra is not saying that um, you have perfect understanding <clears throat> or your uh, presentation is uh, complete and perfect um, and unlimited, but it is obviously a product of where you are, so it has limits. It's not complete. It's not full. It's in progress. But you see, Ra... When Don asked, is there any mistake, Ra is really saying, we don't judge you. So that's why they said, they share in their observation, the judgment is no part of interaction between mind and spirit complexes. Well, Don's not asking for judgment, and if Ra said, you, you're mistaken on this and that, Don wouldn't necessarily feel it as a judgment. And so this is a little sticky, but I think Ra's assumption here is that use of the word mistake like they said, there's no mistakes in the law of one, right? Okay, there are no mistakes, but there are grievous consequences for unskillful action, like building a pyramid. So, okay, 
it seems like quibbling a bit, but to say I made a mistake isn't to say I'm bad, but the action was mistaken, or unskillful, or had bad consequence, or uh, I regret it. So, I mean, a person can take a misstep and trip and fall. Uh, to call that a mistaken step is not a judgment necessarily, but maybe Ra's assuming that Don is that the word mistake means judgment, and maybe that's why they said there are no mistakes in the love one, meaning there's no judgment. So they're saying judgment is no part of interaction between my body and spirit complexes. Of course, that's a patently false statement. <laughs> lots of people do lots of judgment to each other. So judgment is a significant part of interaction between my body and spirit complexes on planet Earth, obviously. So, so you even can see that sometimes Ra's language is, is inadequate. To say that judgment is no part of interaction, their observation, that judgment is no part of interaction, well, between mind-body-spirit complexes, people are judging each other all the time here. So how can you say it's no part of interaction? Well, what they really mean, I think, is that it shouldn't be, (laughs) or it's not properly so, or that they're not judging him, and therefore they can't say what? That he didn't make a mistake? But they did say there are no mistakes. You see, they didn't say you didn't make a mistake. He said there are no mistakes. Don asked, have I made mistakes? Ra said there are no mistakes in the law of one, or in reality, or in their observation that entities shouldn't, don't judge. Well, they do judge, but I think it means they shouldn't judge. So you see there, you know, Ra is not, uh, you know, is not a logos. So, then they basically sort of defend themselves <laughs> a little bit, or just saying, for our part, we're attempting, attempting, right? Seeking, not we are. And so that that's humility, and that's realism. They're not saying, we answer every query fully. <laughs> no, they're not arrogant. They're totally realistic. And that means they're humble and, and very proportionally understanding, understanding proportionality. Not... We answered every question fully, but we have attempted, we've tried to answer each question as fully as your language and then the extent of your own previous information allow. So, to he who has much, much is given. To he who has little, um, little is given. You know, God helps those who help themselves, but if you um, go around harming or harming self and blitzing your mind into oblivion, um, less help is available. And so, uh, to the extent that you've done your homework, you will get advanced learning, or lessons at least. To the extent that you we have not, then we don't. And so Ra's just saying, well, just keep looking at it, and uh, keep asking, and we'll keep answering. But the whole question of mistakes and judgment is a little complex because to say that I've made a mistake doesn't mean I, uh, self-judgment or judgment is being uh, applied. So anyway, it's all complex, and that's the veiling. So let's um, close for here for the day. Uh, next time, seventy-eight twenty-nine, seventy-eight twenty-nine, and I'll try to remember it. And. Um, maybe we'll finish the next session or finish this session in the next talking getting into issues of uh, seven densities and um, back into the tarot (laughs) 
it really uh, it'll be one or more two more classes before we end for the this session 78 so anyway thank you for being here today thanks for your patience and understanding take good care of yourselves see you next time and good night